Whistleblower Report, exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America here with the legal report and an update with an airline pilot who is suing the airlines over the COVID vaccine mandates. And of course, we know the damage that those have caused. The death rates are skyrocketing. The disability claims are skyrocketing not only among pilots, but among our military, among the civilian population around the world. Those of you that have been listening to our vaccine reports every week understand what the data is actually showing. These COVID shots are neither safe nor effective, and they were toxic by design. We now know the source of the damage much more clearly than previously, And so it's even more of a concern when you are looking at the impact on pilots who are flying airplanes with several hundred people on board and jeopardizing those on the ground if there's a plane crash. So this is particularly important. And Captain Saliba, who has an exemplary career in aviation and as a pilot and an instructor pilot is going to be explaining to us the latest development in what is happening that jeopardizes pilots' rights under their medical certificate as defined in the Federal Aviation Act of 1958. So Captain Saliba, there's a lot going on in this arena and the public, I'm sure, has very little knowledge of it. So if you will explain what this latest situation is and why this is such a concern that pilots pay attention and not sign away their rights in these contract negotiations. That's correct, Dr. Vliet, and I'm happy to be talking to you again. We have discussed in the past my case against the airlines and what I am claiming as a violation of the authority of the pilots to make health decisions to meet the FAA standards in the issuance of their medical certificate. And it is very, very critical to understand that such a certificate is a public policy that has been designed to protect the public on aircraft and on the ground. So that policy covers all sorts of pilots. There are 720 some thousand pilots in the United States. 
who received that examination by the FAA medical examiners and are issued a certificate of health, basically, to operate aircraft safely in the United States airspace. The airline pilots in particular become involved in carrying people and safety is of utmost uh, for those operations. And historically, as I have talked in the past, that has been the case for airlines and, and, and pilots, but somehow all that um, was thrown out the window with the advent of this coronavirus pandemic that was announced back in 2000 or 2019, 2000. And things were happening rapidly that pilots were ceding authority over health decisions they made and the maintenance of the standard set by the FAA. And the hits keep coming from the airlines, which is really unfortunate because we have an impeccable safety records in the United States. And that is due to the cooperation of the FAA, the airlines, and the pilots. And there's a very strong element of self-reporting and trust between the entities. And that is being deteriorated by actions taken by the airlines. As I have, I believe, explained in the past, that the FAA issues carrier certificates for the airlines and they issue pilots and medical certificates for pilots, for, for, for pilots to operate aircraft. And there's this wall between the two that the airlines cannot and should not cross over. But with this pandemic, they did. And they demanded all these pilots to take the shots under threat of termination, coerce the pilots under threat of termination to accept treatments. And that brought to question the legality of what the airlines are doing in my mind. And I decided to pursue the legal avenue of the defense of the medical certificate. And those attacks kept coming and they have just found a different avenue to continue the attack by arriving at a contractual agreement with the union that inserts language in the collective bargaining agreement that is attached to the medical certificate. And pilots are really unaware what is going on because uh, for example, American Airlines and the union representing the pilots at American Airlines, the Allied Pilots Association, arrived at two different tentative agreements. The first one did not have any language attached to the medical certificate of the pilot. And then American Airlines came back to the union with about a billion dollars in improvements to meet what United Airlines pilots were offered by United Airlines. And they snuck in language they termed medical protections and qualifications in the tentative agreement, which would equate to an 11th hour introduction to a term in the 
collective bargaining agreement that nobody's paying attention to? Well, I am, and I have made it clear to the union and the airline that they are actually invading public policy and such language should not be in their collective bargaining agreements because it does invade and supersede the constitutional right of the pilot to defend his medical certificate. And by well, that, yes, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, Captain Saliba, are they at all paying attention to your warnings about the fact that they are intruding into not only public policy, but violating the 1958 Federal Aviation Act? Some, uh, the airline itself and the union are silent. They're not responding. However, I've been talking to many pilots and I have stirred up quite a bit of interest in the matter and brought it to their attention that the language that the union and the airline are using begs the question and, uh, and the, 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 the real need to investigate the language and what it will actually do to the pilot medical certificate. And um, so, so, th so that's where I'm at now, but, uh, and, and it's an uphill battle, but let me, let me explain a couple things for the, for the audience to, so they understand why this is important. First and foremost, a union representing the pilots under the Railway Labor Act has the statutory authority to negotiate for rates of pay, work rules, and working conditions. That is the scope of their statutory authority. They cannot negotiate a medical certificate because a medical certificate is a right and public policy under the Railway Labor Act. So what they are doing, the union is extending their authority beyond the scope. And they can do that. I mean, they will do that. But the problem is that if they present the negotiated agreement to the pilots and the pilots vote yes, they agree to the terms, it becomes contractual. And that is where the danger is because a pilot medical certificate, as you, you, you stated, Dr. Vliet, is a product of the FAA's rules and regulations, which started, which was created by the Federal Aviation Act of 1958, which affirmed the right, the, the, the act affirmed the right of United States citizens to transit the navigable airspace of the United States of America. It did not create the right. So it is an inherent right that is protected, which means you can defend that right in court. You know, I don't think most Americans have a clue that we have an inherent right to transit the airspace of the United States because Everyone felt locked down under the COVID dictates. It was 
that right was clearly violated. It is, so it was, it I was, think it's important what you're doing is shining light on this for the public to know what their rights are, as well as what the pilot's rights are and their duty to the flying public. And they have a great duty and obligation towards the public because what pilots do is allow the people to exercise that right to transit. But they have to do that within the confines of the rules and regulations that the FAA has set, primarily the medical standards set by the FAA under Part 67 of the rules. So those rules are strictly designed for the pilot to meet and for the pilot to maintain and by making health decisions themselves, they maintain those standards. So when the airlines come to the pilots and demand a certain medical treatment, the airline is interfering in that contractual obligation between the pilot and the people. And in my case against the airline, which is sitting at the Ninth Circuit in San Francisco, it's fully briefed and I'm waiting on the Ninth Circuit to determine whether there will be an oral brief or not, um, or, or oral argument or not. They, they could very well make that decision without an oral argument. But in my arguments I have made that I've made, uh, I stated that the airlines created a new medical standard, or I called it a second tier medical standard that is in parallel to what the FAA has set. Because anytime you require a treatment on the masses, I believe, and Dr. Vliet, I think you will agree with me, you just created a medical standard. It is no longer the pilot himself who can make that decision anymore of his own volition because there are side effects to all these treatments. And if the pilot knowingly accepts that treatment, is he actually abiding, abiding by the contractual obligations that he made to the people? And that's, well, I don't think so. As a, as a physician, if the, if the pilot is having side effects of, of any medicine or vaccine, don't they have a duty to report that and, and say, I'm not qualified to fly on this flight because I'm having these problems? They do. They do. But the rules allows the pilot or actually... I'm going to start rephrasing what, I'm, what I say. The rules demand that the pilot makes the decision whether to take a certain medication or engage in any activity, uh, for example, scuba diving or blood donation or certain over-the-counter drugs that have already been identified by the FAA and they fall under a certain rule that, that a legal 
interpretation actually that that must be followed and we talked about that in the past I, I won't get into that but when the pilot knows or has a reason to know that a certain medication that and and I would I would say the vaccination is a medication that is imposed upon them by the airline but when they read that insert that says hey there's a potential myocarditis pericarditis or clotting that pilot knows and has a reason to know that a medical condition would affect his standard and he should not take such medication even if the FAA says you may take it it gives them the authority to make that decision so you really have to be you have to exercise uh, very prudent thinking before you take any of these drugs that are forced upon you and when the companies when the airline companies as employers were coercing pilots and threatening them with loss of employment if they did not get the experimental shot then they are the companies themselves are setting up a medical standard in violation of the FAA rules that had always been in place and in violation of the 1958 Federal Aviation Act, if I'm understanding correctly. That, that is correct. They are setting a, a, a second tier standard that is specific to that airline because if that airline today demands a, a certain treatment and all the others demand another treatment separate, different, well, that means that every airline is setting their own medical standard, which violates the public policy. That's why there is a medical standard set by the FAA. Well, exactly. And it jeopardizes the flying public. I mean, if every company has, if every airline company at the executive level can decide what medications or vaccines or any other treatment or procedure that they want to impose on their employees, if they can just decide that unilaterally, then we have a potential disaster in the sky. Basically, we would have anarchy in the aviation system. And that is not the intent of the Federal Aviation Act of 1958 and the FAA rules and regulations. Again, back to the to the fact that just because the FAA authorized the use of certain medication does not mean that the pilot is relieved of his duty to evaluate whether he should take such a medication and then operate aircraft. See the two distinct situations here. And what the airlines have done is, I think, I believe what the airlines have done is uh, went, under, went under the assumption that, hey, the FAA authorized that, therefore we can demand it. Well, I think in some respects, I think that the FAA and the federal, this administration and the Department of Defense and Human Health and Human Services all knew that under the U.S. Constitution that these COVID shots were experimental, could not be mandated. And so they put pressure on the private employers to do the mandating for people to keep their jobs. 
and let them be the fall guy for it is the way I look at it. I 100% agree with you. It is, that is exactly how it went down. And under contract law, they used contract law to accomplish everything they wanted to accomplish. And this is where now the front has shifted from forcing pilots to comply into coming to a contractual agreement that codifies the language in a contract that makes it impossible to come out of. And this is where I have been very active alerting pilots to not accept terms, such terms in, in, in such a contract because it will invade or supersede their constitutional right to a trial by jury in the defense of their medical certificate and obligations towards the people and will direct that defense if, if there's an infraction against it, against the medical certificate, and it will place it under the auspices of the Railway Labor Act grievance process, which is atrociously bad. And at best, you might end up with a, an arbitration. It will be binding arbitration, which is almost impossible to overturn. And if an well, and not only that, you've got you've got the whole additional situation whereby once it becomes part of the contract that has provided that provides cover for what they've already done that has infringed on the Federal Aviation Act of 1958 and the normal FAA rules that have been violated and the pilots constitutional rights under their medical certificate. So getting this worked into the contract, I can see why the airlines are pushing hard to do it because it's, it will give them cover against the very lawsuits that are underway right now. That, that is correct. If language like this was in the current contract that I'm working under, I would not be able to go to court and pursue my case because the court will claim we don't have jurisdiction, go back to the administrative process prescribed under the Railway Labor Act. And so they are desperate to put language in the contract so that people like me will not be able to take them to a jury trial. And they will restrict it to the Railway Labor Act process. And that is not good, aside from the fact that they are, I will, I will use the word, stealing my constitutional right to a trial by jury, um, this will be the result. And, and this is not good, not good. I think you're exactly right. I think it's very ominous for the pilots and for their health and safety, but I think it's also incredibly dangerous to the flying public as well. And it sounds to me like we need a lot more exposure to the broader public about the risk that this poses to them as well as interferes with their rights to transit the airspace in the United States and the fact that the pilots need to have more exposure to what this new language really means and the way that they are 
using terms that are obfuscating what they intend to do. For example, when they specify the word procedure versus the word treatment, when talking about medical procedures and medical treatments, vaccines and medications are typically categorized under medical treatments. They are not categorized under procedures. So if the airlines are trying to limit it to procedure, then they are leaving the door wide open for exactly what was done under COVID to be done again with any other experimental vaccine or any other medical treatment. Because then the contract doesn't say, well, um, it doesn't say anything about medical treatment. So we can mandate vaccines, we can mandate medicines, we can do what we want. That, that's correct. And, and the problem with that is what they did, what, I'm, what, I've, been, <laughs> what I've been telling pilots is that this is your placebo, placebo pill. They're giving you this language to make you feel good. And then they're slipping in more restrictive language. And we, we will talk about that here in, in a little bit. But uh, they intentionally are creating an atmosphere where the pilots who refuse that treatment are, are and will be uh, squeezed, if you will, into a into a or corralled into a position where they will they will feel the pressure and they will either succumb to the demands of the airline or quit one of the two because what follows in the in that term in the agreement places those restrictions on the pilots it's very clever language but Everything that they're putting in the in the in the in the contract is uh, untrue, is incorrect, is not applicable. But they put it in there, and then later they'll say, "Well, that's not how we understand it. That's not how we read it. You are welcome to grieve. In the meantime, you must comply." And that's where the danger is. And many pilots believe that, or well, once there's language in there, then that protects us. But they forget or they don't pay attention to the fact that it's all about interpretation and application under the Railway Labor Act when there is a dispute over the terms of the contract. One party will say, that's how we interpret it. Another party says, no, that's not how we interpret it. Okay, well, we have to grieve it then. But in the meantime, you're obligated to comply. This is the part that the pilots fail to recognize. Well, I appreciate your explaining it so clearly and so concisely, both for pilots who may be listening, as well as for the broader public who assumes that safety standards will be adhered to, and they clearly are not. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back after the break to talk more about these details, and you will be able to put some of your descriptive material in our, in our notes so that people listening to the show will have something they can read that helps explain it in more detail as well. This is Dr. Lee for America with the Whistleblower Report from Truth for Health Foundation. Listen to us 
for all of the new breaking news whistleblower reports at www.whistleblowerreports.org. And we are also on many other channels under our own name now, Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, Brighteon, CloudHub, Rumble, Spotify, Pandora, and Twitter, as well as many other social media channels. So stay tuned to our breaking news. And if you've gotten the COVID shot and you've had health problems, download our vaccine injury treatment guide and look at the ways that you can get properly diagnosed and all of the treatment options that are there in an integrated treatment approach. We'll be right back after the break. Hello, everyone. This is Lieutenant Mark Bashaw, U.S. Army and legal grant recipient of the Truth for Health Foundation. I want to give a huge shout out to the Truth for Health Foundation for helping me and my family over the past year with our legal battles. Recently, I was court-martialed for not participating with these experimental COVID-19 emergency use authorized products. If it wasn't for Truth for Health Foundation and all the support, I would definitely be in a worse spot. But because of all the support, I'm able to continue uniform service, fighting for what's right, to protect the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic. God bless each and every one of you, and God bless America. Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report legal segment with Captain Saliba, airline pilot and courageous defender of freedom. In fact, he has been working nonstop as a pro se litigant in the lawsuit that he filed against the airlines for violation of these critical contract issues that we are discussing and violations of the 1958 Federal Aviation Act in mandating the COVID shots. And this is an exciting development because Captain Saliba, without a lawyer, has been filing these pro se cases against the airlines and the pilots union and has made it to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeal on his own initiative. That, my friends, is what the power of one person can do to stand against tyranny and to stand against injustice. I'm really honored to get to know Captain Saliba and to give him a platform on our whistleblower reports and with Truth for Health Foundation's Advisory Council for our whistleblowers. So Captain Saliba, let's continue with the discussion of these contract provisions that are so alarming to me medically and as a member of the flying public and to you as a pilot and how it violates what has been an absolute sacrosanct medical certificate contract with the pilot to decide what medications and what treatments he or she undergoes. Very good. The main issue, as I always say, is to preserve the authority of the pilot to make health decisions to maintain the standards 
set by the FAA. So with that in mind, I'm going to start talking about specific language that has been introduced in this tentative agreement between the pilots and the airline at American Airlines. And they cleverly titled the, and by the way, they placed the term and the agreement in an obscure section of the contract where, and as I have stated, they placed it in the second tentative agreement. There was no language at all in the, in the first tentative agreement. And then they came back with another billion dollars and placed it in an obscure section of the collective bargaining agreement and cleverly titled the term in the contract, medical protections and qualifications. So it's very- Obfuscating it again, just like Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare, did not protect patients and was not affordable. They named it the opposite of what it was. They're doing the same thing here. Absolutely, absolutely. So it goes on after the title and there are three bullet points in that section. And the first one says, the company may not require a pilot to undergo any medical procedure or procedures other than that which is required by the FAA to maintain a first-class medical certificate. First and foremost, the FAA does not, will not require any medical treatment or procedure. All the FAA does is sets the standards and examines the applicant or the pilot to make sure that the pilot does meet the standards that they have set. So therefore, this is deceptive and it lulls the pilots into believing that they are receiving some sort of protection when they don't need it because the FAA will not, will not require them to go to undergo any treatment or procedure to obtain such a certificate. Now, if there's a problem- Well, and to be fair, let me add to that because that's an important point you just made. The FAA itself did not require the COVID-19 shot. No. It, It was the individual airline company executives that were requiring it as a condition of employment, not the FAA. But also, this is the point that you were making earlier about they use the word undergo any medical procedure, which does not include treatment such as medications and vaccines. That's correct. And this is very critical because later on down the road, after the agreement is signed, passed and signed by the parties, And if there's any dispute over demands by the airline, a pilot might construe this as, oh, wait a minute, you can't subject me to any medication. But rest assured, the airline will come back and say, no, this is not a medical procedure. This is a treatment and there's no protection for you in the contract. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Because we have never referred to medications and vaccines in medicine as procedures. 
That, not in my correct. entire 40 years in medicine. So they know exactly what they're doing with this limited word procedure. That, that, that is correct. And, and uh, so the, the pilots really are not paying attention to what they are uh, signing. And it's, it's critical that they understand the language. And that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm educating the pilots. And, and there might be some, let me see, there might be some editing actually to that language. Um, I think the latest includes a sentence that says, this provision does not apply to pilot new hire requirements. So here's another problem. What the union is doing is uh, conferring authority on the airline that they don't have. And that authority is to dictate to a new hire pilot certain medical treatments or certain medical requirements to comply with their second tier medical standard that they have already established. Now, under the law, and that would be 14 CFR. 121.383, I believe. If, if, yeah, I think so. It is a law that says that the airlines must use FAA certificated pilots and FAA medically cleared pilots, which means the pilots must meet the FAA medical standards, not the airlines medical standards. And this is where the question of the legality of the pilots that are actually occupying the flight decks today comes into question. Are they actually legal? Are they flying under the standards set by the FAA? Or are they flying under the standards set by the airlines, second tier medical standards? Well, you know, it worries me that the latter is true, that, that the pilots flying today who got the COVID shot being co coerced by their employer to get it as a condition of employment are flying under the second tier standard that the company set that was not set by the FAA. I mean, I'm, I'm a common sense civilian and I'm a physician and I know what the FAA regulations have always been, Captain Saliba, because I've had pilots as patients. And they have said to me, no, I can't take that medicine because I, I, it won't be cleared on my FAA exam for my medical certificate. And I'll say, oh, okay, so what do we have available that we can use? I mean, we've had these discussions with, I've had these discussions as a physician with pilots over my whole career. And I'm just shocked. I'm, I'm very concerned about the vaccine-induced damage to the brain and critical organs. I have been screaming since the shots were first rolled out that I thought the pilots were one of the high-risk groups for complications because of all of the altitude and pressure and oxygenation and uh, hydration changes that occur in, in flight. And I'm yes, not even a flight surgeon, and I, and yes. I know that. Yeah, you you are correct. There's there's a there's there is a concern that should be addressed 
and it can be addressed correctly without undue harm to the airlines or the pilots but nobody seems to be moving in that direction and it seems the only way to get anybody to move is to take them to court and get a ruling that says yes you did violate certain rules and regulations and you need to correct and this is about the only time that we can get anything moving moving in that direction um it, it is sad to say but that is that is the case but back to the uh back to the language that they inserted in that uh term and the and the tentative agreement regarding the new hire pilots what i'm saying is that again the the union strayed away from their statutory authority and they are they engaged in negotiating the medical certificate of pilots who are who they don't even represent they conferred authority in the airline to demand a medical treatment of somebody they don't even know they don't even represent and every pilot of the 700,000 pilots plus pilots that I that I mentioned early on in the in the in the show could be a potential applicant at the airline i mean this is just outrageous that a union would do that and would subject these pilots to demands that uh are completely unlawful completely and yet i suspect the new hire potential pilots don't know how unlawful it is no they don't and they're eager to get the job they want to get on with the major airline so they're eager to take the job and they will comply because they're not going to tell them oh you know what you can you can have an exemption or you don't have to do it no they want everyone to comply and that's the sad part right so and it's and, very and, very dangerous as well because these um these we have done so many medical shows on the dangers of this toxic design there there are at least four different mechanisms in the design of the mrna shots this new technology mm -hmm. that they're putting into other vaccines as well not just the covid-19 one and yeah. the, these are devastating damages throughout the body to all critical organs and it is known it has been known for at least 15 to 20 years before these shots were rolled out that this damage occurred so this is a very dangerous and deadly situation it really is and and uh, now you can see how that medical protections term is completely false it's misleading but what is important is the second part of the title which is the qualifications this is where the airline shifts the shifts the onus onto the pilots to meet the standards that they have created by depriving them of pay and the ability to bid for certain flying that they desire and they come out and say that a governmental travel requirement which requires vaccination or inoculations for entry is considered a qualification and now i had just told you that the only qualification for a pilot to operate aircraft under the federal aviation regulations is a valid medical certificate under 14 CFR 121383 so 
they're making their own rules. A pilot should just show up with a valid medical certificate and be able to operate an aircraft to any airport within the United States. Now, I can't speak for foreign destinations, but within the United States. And the language that they have inserted is nonsense because there's something called the uh, supremacy clause uh, in the 10th Amendment, I believe. And what that says basically is the states cannot supersede a federal rule such as the medical certificate. So they're putting language in there, which is nonsense because they go on to say, flying to that destination, once the company has identified a destination with a governmental travel requirement for entry, whether it's domestic or they, they talk about domestic destinations. Now, within the United States, that's not, that is just not going to happen. That should not happen because of the supremacy clause. The states and airports within the states have no authority to restrict pilots landing at, the, at those airports because, of, because it's a federal rule. But they put it in there so that they can later manipulate the pilots and force them contractually to submit to the treatment that the airline will subsequently demand. And if they say no, they'll say no, well, you know what? It's contractual, you gotta do it. If you don't like the language, grieve it again. The same trick. And they go further to say that what we can do under the contract is then prevent you from your schedule going to these destinations. And furthermore, if it is on your schedule, we will remove you from such, such flying and will not pay you for that. You see, so there's a financial penalty to force and coerce the pilots into compliance. This is all planned for future application. Oh, no question in my mind. No question at all. And in fact, it, it is such a massive violation of the constitutional rights, as well as what you have repeatedly brought out as the Federal Aviation Act of 1958, which has always <clears throat> dominated the aviation industry. That's correct. And then again, and in the language, they say a pilot will report his qualifications, i.e., he will report his vaccination status. I mean, really? All I need to give you is a valid medical certificate and now you want my vaccination status? You wanna know how, what I had for breakfast next? You wanna know what I did the night before? You wanna know this, you wanna know, I mean, this, where does it stop? Where does okay, it stop? I honestly cannot fathom any pilot not seeing the jeopardy in these two paragraphs that you've just gone through and why anyone would agree to sign this is beyond me. This, this, is, this is so broad and such a violation of everything I've known about what the FAA medical certificates involved that it's just staggering to read. I, 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 I can't, I just cannot fathom someone whose career and livelihood is on the line reading this and not 
just screaming bloody murder. This is outrageous. This is a violation. I will not, we, we cannot sign it. Where is the strength of the pilots union? The, the pilots union is, has been in on it and they have refused to present any defense in my case with everything that I went through. Um, they will not. They actually stated their position that, for example, masking does not affect my medical standard and or my rights in any way. That was their position. That's just flagrantly false. That is correct. And I do have them at the Ninth Circuit as well. So I'm waiting on them to file their brief or their reply brief, and, and then I, will, I can re respond to that. But uh, we really, this is, this is a very fundamental case where constitutional rights are being ripped apart. So they are using, see, the, the unions, the union is a democratic process. So they're going to go in and they're going to vote for this contract. And all it needs is a simple majority to pass. Say 51% is going to pass. So what these pilots would be doing is exercising the right to contract, which all of us have under the Constitution. That's another constitutional right that we have. We do have the right to contract. But they're utilizing the democratic process to subvert and supersede my other constitutional right to a trial by jury. That should never be the case. That should never happen. We live in a constitutional republic. And this is a flagrant violation of, of that and, 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 and the use of the democratic process to accomplish that is just mind-numbing. I mean, these guys just don't understand the very fundamental structure of the United States of America. No, you're right. And not only that, it, it is very clear to me from the nuances and the deception built into this, this has to have been designed by the Department of Justice and the, the shadow government that is working overtime to completely rip apart the Constitution of the United States and our constitutional republic. We are not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic and a democracy is mob rule, which is essentially the tyranny of the majority, as you just pointed out. 51% of the pilots could vote for this contract and usurp the rights of the 49%. That exactly. is what we're living under right now with this lawless government that has overturned every constitutional right that we've had the last three years. Yes, I, I agree with you. And what I'm having a hard time with uh, understanding is when I talk to the pilots, I say, wait a minute, what, what, you're, what you can't see, what you're telling me, and you want me to believe this, that all these airlines that were militant and oppressive, tyrannical, and forcing the pilots to take these shots are now agreeing to language they call medical protections for their pilots. How does that work out? 
How does that work? It's just it is, not it's logical. It's such a lie. And it surprises me that pilots can't see through that after what they've been through with this devastating coercion. And not only that, Captain Saliba, I've looked at the data from several airlines where we've had whistleblowers come forward. The disability claims among pilots are through the roof. Early retirement, forced retirement, look at the cardiac, look at the cardiac damage, look at the sudden deaths. Yeah. This this is staggering. And surely the people who are supposed to be voting on this contract know of people who've been damaged by the COVID shots. Why would they want to put themselves in the line of fire to be mandated and coerced and threatened with loss of a job to get another treatment down the road? That, that's correct. And my concern, as I've been sharing with the pilots, is not necessarily... Uh, it's not restricted to the pilots who refuse the shot. It is, it is a concern that every pilot should uh, be paying attention to, and that is the loss of the authority in making health decisions to maintain the standards, because today is the shot, what it's going to be tomorrow. Where does it stop? So when you give that right away, that authority, it's an authority and obligation. You, can, you have an obligation to the people you carry. And um, the airlines don't sign any statements to, uh, to indicate the fitness of duty of a pilot. The pilot does. The airline doesn't sign the application for the medical examination, which is a statement of health made by the pilot. The pilot does. The airline doesn't, say, uh, doesn't sign uh, the medical certificate when it's issued by the medical examiner, which is contractual. It's a contractual obligation between the pilot and the people. The medical examiner represents the people of the United States. So when we both sign that medical certificate, we're making a contractual agreement, a contractual obligation. The airlines don't sign any of this stuff. They are not a party to that. So when they say we want to be a party to that, but they don't, but they can never ever assume the responsibility and the risk they are violating something. That is, is such a critical point. And America and all of you around the world listening to this, this discussion has a bearing on your life if you ever get on an airplane. And it's really important that, that you speak out to your elected officials in, in your area to hold these airlines accountable for following the rule of law under the Federal Aviation Act of 1958. And Captain Saliba, we will certainly do what we can as a public charity foundation that is a human rights organization as well to help you reach pilots if you want to do town halls, if you want to have more virtual community town hall meetings to educate more people about this and bring in some medical people and some of our legal advisors, along with you and other pilots who are seeing the reality of the jeopardy that this 
proposed contract is for all of you and for all of us. We're here to help you. And I want to thank you for all that you're doing on this front. You have been a tireless warrior, and we'll have you back to talk further about your own case against the Pilots Union and the airlines and further updates on this issue with the pilot's contract as well. This is Dr. Lee for America with the Whistleblower Report legal segment. Check out all of our whistleblower reports at www.whistleblowerreports.org. And if you're so inclined, donate to support our outreach and our legal defense efforts for cases like this that help defend constitutional rights for all of us. Our constitutional rights are secured by law, and that is something that our donors have stepped up to help us defend for others. So join our crusade, sign up for our email alerts, and stay tuned for more Whistleblower Reports right here at www.whistleblowerreports.org.